0: We've been, we've been looking at fruits of the Spirit, or as I, I like to think of them, divine superpowers. So goodness, kindness, love, uh, self-control, divine superpowers. Spirit, yeah, well done. Yes, yes, divine, divine superpowers. Uh, and we're going to think for a few minutes about gentleness. And when I started to think about gentleness, a verse from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah, kind of popped its way into my mind and took up residence there and wouldn't go away. So, uh, so this, this is the passage, uh, it's from Isaiah 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit upon him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. And Isaiah is talking about God sending a savior to, to rescue the world. And it was this phrase I don't know if this shows that really is the one that jumped to my mind, "A bruised reed he will not break. A smouldering wick he will not snuff out." Uh, it's interesting when you look at the life of Jesus, the people that were draw, drawn to Jesus tended to be those who were broken those who are struggling, those who are feeling battered, bruised, and beaten. Uh, the sick, the vulnerable, the lonely. Uh, if we put it in today's so terms, maybe the new kid at school. Well, you're, going, you're going back to school on Monday, aren't you? And there'll probably be new kids in your class. And they'll probably be a bit... Ah! Uh, the person who hasn't got their life together completely. The person maybe who may been hurt and bullied by others. Uh, I, the, the, the phrase uses that word bruised and when we think about bruised I don't think I've got any bru, it's quite unusual for me not to have bruises I've normally managed to walk into something and, and got a bruise but actually the word's talking more about internal wounds rather than the things you see those, those hidden bits of beatenness that we all experience, the wounds that are not visible Struck me that so often we don't know the hurts and pains that other people carry around with them, do we? We see the surface, and we don't often know what's going on beneath the surface. Uh But for me, gentleness is is about that. It's about how we care for those who maybe are a bit like these eggs. This egg got slightly cracked coming into church this morning. I'm definitely not going to throw this one. wouldn't take much, even less than normal, for the, for this egg to sort of just crack open. Uh, and often, when we when we come when we with people, we do, we don't know, we don't see those cracks, uh, we don't see the the wounds that, that they that they carry. And if you try and catch an egg, uh, it's probably the easiest way to catch it is something in a bowl with a with a cloth in it, because then you can cushion the foot. You know, if you try and catch an egg, if you grab it, what's going to happen? There. Or if, or if you have very fixed hands, the same thing's going to happen. The egg's going to land, and but when it catches you, you sort of move your hands with it. If you've got a bowl and a cloth in it, move your hands with it, and then you can gently, gently catch the egg without doing damage. There's another side as well, I think. That is that passage, numbers of times, talks about justice and God's servant establishing justice. Uh, Sometimes I think gentleness means standing up for those who are struggling. Standing up against those who might put others down at school, maybe. Standing up against the bully in some way. Standing with the person who is bullied. challenging the unkind word or the attitude that would think that somebody's worthless or really not, not to be worried about an advocate, a voice for those who think they might break. It's interesting, when Paul, when Paul wrote his letters, uh, as in all the Bible, what, what Paul didn't imagine was a bunch of Christians sitting in their own room, reading the Bible on their own thinking, how can I apply this? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but that's not what Paul was thinking of when he wrote his words. When Paul was writing his words, he thought they'll be taken to the church at Galatiae, they'll be read out to the whole community together. We tend to individualize. We live in a very, very individualized world, and we tend to individualize everything and yet this word is a word to the gathered community of people. To us, as we gather together. It's a word to be read out loud in church. Uh, it's a word that speaks to we and to us as much as me, myself, and I. And what I think Paul is saying throughout this, throughout, for, with all the, all the fruits, is to us as a community, these are the values that we need to nurture and to value, to encourage, to cultivate amongst us. It's not just down to me to be more gentle, because I'm not going to do very well at that. But, but, But it's about being together, a community that values and embodies somehow gentleness. To be a place where those who are struggling can find a home, where others will stand with them and stand alongside them, where those who are struggling don't need to pretend that they're okay. You know, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm okay. You think, actually, I'm not. I'm really not okay. It's okay to not be okay, I think. Yeah, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, to be a place where those of us who are, who are struggling with stuff are not looked down on. Where we're not seen as somebody who needs to be fixed somebody who needs to be walked with and loved and nurtured. And where each of us, each of us are treated as beloved children of God. The God who treats us with gentleness. I sometimes say at the start of the service, or when we're doing notices, you kind of think, sorry, but we've got to do the notices now. But it struck me this week that the notices... A Ukraine day, training to help people with mental health. They're not just notices, they're not just events. Maybe they're signs of the Holy Spirit working among us. Have you ever thought that? Maybe they're signs of the Holy Spirit working among us. The stuff we do with seniors, we had 30-year seniors here for afternoon tea this week and it was great. The kids work on Sunday and the stuff Josh does in the week. The stuff we're looking at, exploring how we can help the community's mental health, how we can meet a need in the community, the stuff Sarah does with, with aut- autistic families, uh, that's all Holy Spirit work. That's God forming us into a community that is gentle. And where, those, where, where we find people who look down on, and where we find people who are doing the looking down those who bully them, those who disregard others, then then part of that means challenging that. That song put it, proud hearts and stubborn wills are put to flight. Uh, And may that be true among us, and may we be a community that is gentle, gentle with each other, and gentle with the world, because God is gentle.
1: Wow, what a summer. Um, It is an absolute joy to see so many faces here, and to everybody who is listening either live or later at home, and all the friends and family that we know across the world who tune into these services, what an absolutely wonderful summer to have spent with you all. So, on the order of service this morning... It says for this next bit, Emma's Fruity Game. Um, That could get me into a lot of trouble. So, if I can work this. Fruits of the Spirit is where we've been concentrating. And there they all are. And the ones highlighted are the ones that the home groups and our teams here have tried to bring to life in the last few weeks. Nine words. Now, when Andy and I were talking about this service, because although we make it look easy, um, there's a lot of work goes in behind the scenes. So before we do Emma's fruity quiz, uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to Rick Woodward for stealing my thunder last week. Uh, Everything I'd already got planned to say, he said, so um, thanks for that. Um, And also, you know, if they ever go back in Hollywood to making those huge, big, biblical blockbusters, we found Charlton Heston's uh, replacement as the voice of God from (laughs) up on high. Um, I thought last week was brilliant. Um, Highlight of the summer, the flight of the flightless bird. Um, It was wonderful. Because one of the things we have shared is a lot of laughter. There have been tears. I don't think there was a single person who could have listened to the testimony that was given last week, without wiping away a tear or two. And I want to say a big thank you to all the home groups and their members who contributed to this series. They've been inventive, sincere, heartwarming, funny, challenging, And a lot of people who don't normally get up here at the front have been involved this summer, and that's been brilliant too. Shirley's already looked and fabulously linked the fruits here in her prayers this morning, and Andy referred to harvest. Well, it's not harvest really, but in a way, I'd like to try and harvest the fruit from this summer and All the fruit there is real, and none of it needs to come home with me. I would like you all to feel free to take some. Take it and eat it now, take it home. Um, There is one fruit that I'd never heard of until I went to the market yesterday morning, and that's the green melon on the far corner there, is a lime melon, apparently. That's the one. because apparently it's a um, hybrid and it's supposed to taste of lime as well as melon. Um, Now, I know we've got sharp knives if we need to divide it, but uh, yeah, they're great. So, if I move my... There we go. So instead of Emma's Fruity Game, although now I've said it, that's what it'll always be known as, I was going to call this, oh, what's the word? So, a little bit of a quiz, and I want you to really shout out the answers, because there's more than one. So, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to give me the fruit, the word that's missing or that applies, and if you can, the scripture where it might be found. So... Go with an easy one. For God so, that's the one. Loved the world. What scripture does that come from? Anybody? John 3:16. There you go. Right. So you've all earned a green gauge of plum, and you can fight over the pears. How many of our fruits did the Good Samaritan show? We're thinking outside the box here, you know. Really testing if you can remember those nine fruits. Anybody want to go for it? Kindness, Kindness, yes. Love. Gentleness. Gentleness. Goodness. Patience, probably, yes. And we did say love. I think faithfulness, because he went back to pay the debt. He kept his word. He kept his promise. So, two very clear examples that we all recognise. And are you seeing, as I've seen, that these fruits don't stand on their own? They look good when they're all grouped together, don't they? And when we use them together, as Andy's explained again this morning, that enhances the message. Okay. Okay. At Christmas time, we sing a particular carol about a host of heavenly bodies who said, which of our fruits to the shepherds? Peace. peace indeed, peace on earth. Anybody want to hazard a guess at the scripture? <laughs> yeah, um, Verse 14, excellent, fantastic. Okay, now then. Which very popular scripture is used at a lot of weddings? How many of our fruits are listed in that? Andy, stop giggling. Love, patience, kindness, yes. Love is patient. Love is kind. That's Corinthians 13. Four. Well done. Excellent. Four to seven. Excellent. And again, we're seeing those words used together to support the message that's in that scripture. Now, this might be a bit controversial. And it's the last question. Did Jesus ever lose one of the fruits. Self-control. Now that's not one that we've actually covered. Does anyone want to fill in where that might in the temple? Yes. Because it was not being used as intended for worship. There were moneylenders, gamblers. He turned over tables. He lost his temper, lost his self-control. Anybody want to hazard a guess where that's from? Matthew. Surely seen the answers. She's a plant to keep you all going. Matthew twenty-one, verses twelve and thirteen. So fruit united. If you like. Now Ellie. Who is there. Read beautifully. From the message. And I'll come back to why. In a moment. When I was thinking about all of this. And it was actually Joe. Who put this little spark in my brain. Can we add. To Paul's list. Do we think, and this is the conversation that Andy and I had, do we think that Paul's list is it, the end, full stop, those are the only fruits of the Spirit? Andy and I tend to agree on the fact that Paul's giving us a starting point, reminding us of some of those big values, big gifts, the huge and enormous, that can be contained in the smallest spark when the Holy Spirit is invited in and they grow. When we choose a piece of fruit, we often choose, first of all, with the one that appeals to us. It appeals to our eyes. Then there's what I call the smell and sniff test. Now, anybody who's bought fruit will know that we all secretly go round supermarkets and market stores squeezing fruit. Yeah? We want to check if it's ripe. We want to check if it's too ripe or if it'll wait and can we have it on Wednesday? We smell fruit to see if it's ripe. And finally, we taste it. Different things will appeal to us for different reasons. And if we think about the fruit example, different fruits of the Spirit will appeal to us and be special to us for different reasons and in different seasons. Over the past few weeks, when we've looked at all these, what sort of conclusion have we been able to draw? Well, I had a look round the walls. Our values, do you notice any familiar words? We see them every week on a Sunday. We read round the walls. Do we take that home with us? Has this summer series given us a fresh look at those values? Well, I decided to be bold. And on the Facebook page for Bessels Green, I asked if there were any new words, new fruits, that we might want to consider. And boy, did we come up with some good ones. Clarity, creativity, wisdom, hope, gratitude, empathy. Understanding, thankfulness, humility, compassion, tolerance, mercy, grace, comfort, and unity. As Andy said this morning, uh, well, just now actually, um, this is not just me, myself, and I. This is about us. How we take those words, those fruits, and how we take them out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The instruction given after the disciples had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. My husband is not a believer. He's not a doubter either, or a denier. He's a kind of stuck in the middle at the moment. When I've spoken to him this week about what I was trying to do and how I was trying to pull all these little thoughts and threads together, I spoke to him about it and I said, you've heard and you've listened to the services over and over as I try to pick out all these things what what do you think and he didn't hesitate there wasn't even a split second of doubt and he said well surely it should be unity shouldn't you all be doing this together one of the most Fantastic experiences I had this summer was when Tanya prayed for us in Ukrainian. You didn't need to know exactly what the words were because you could hear it and you could feel it. And I've listened to that prayer a number of times. We've sung today and the, the hymns songs are chosen because their words appeal and fit with what we're trying to explore and share together. We need to do this together. When we come as vagabonds, believers, schemers, dreamers, those who are disenchanted, Displaced. We all come equal to God's table if we come through the salvation that is offered as the greatest gift of all time. When we pray, we very often ask for things we want. Again, in Come All Ye Vagabonds, one of the phrases is that we would be happy with what we have. Often, when we pray, we might think, well, God's not listening to me. I've got no answer to that. I don't know what to do. But God knows what we need and when we need it. It might not be what we've asked for, but it is what's best. Because the reason I chose the reading from Matthew is that the two most important words of all of those fruits Jesus said in his answer to the young religious leader who was trying to catch him out. He was trying to trip him up trying to prove that you know this guy didn't need all these people following him around. It, there was more to it than that. So he tried to trick him and he said, "Teacher, what's the most important commandment?" And Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But, there is a second. Love others as well as you love yourself. How do we show our faithfulness to God? How do we show our faithfulness to one another? How do we show our love? And how does God show his love to us? When you, hopefully, pocket a pair or perhaps one of the millions of plums that Andy has brought, when you taste that sweet fruit, when you think of this marvellous summer, of how hot it's been, of how much time we've been able to spend outside, how great it's been to actually be in church this summer together, when you think, of those things if you don't remember any of those other nine fruits try and remember faithfulness and love because if we are faithful to what god has asked and what god has laid before us then we will experience the sweetness of fruit That doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. We are never promised that. But we are promised comfort. We are promised care, gentleness, kindness. God promises to look after us. He promises to teach us. And he promises to use all the things in life to his purpose. Because first and foremost... He loves us. And he loved us so much that even knowing that we would make quite a mess of this beautiful world. That we would kill one another. That we would steal. That we would cheat. All the things he knew we would do wrong. And he still Created us because he loves us, and in order that we can come into the full and most wonderful of blessings when we are made joint heirs with Christ, when we accept the greatest gift, the sweetest fruit that we get through salvation, come to the feast. Whoever you are, whatever you hold dear, whether you're an apple or a pear, a melon or a lime melon, come to the feast. There is room at the table. And he welcomes us all. I hope, as we've gotten to the end of the summer holidays, which when I was little always seemed to be a lot longer than they are. I'm not even going to ask. A lot longer than they are. When you're suddenly down to the last week, when parents are like, please, let's get everybody to school with the right shoes on, and labelling everything from socks to hats. When we taste the fruit, when we realise that inside the fruit are seeds I hope not only do we continue to enjoy the fruits of the spirit but that we plant the seeds and let them grow for others to enjoy well it's nearly that time for coffee and I know you've seen a lot of me this summer Um, it's been great I love being back in here And and when I'm not at the front, I'm at the back, and that's even better. One of the things that we will be doing over the next few weeks is that people will come home. Last week of holidays. Last week to pick the kids up from the grandparents. Coming back together. Getting ready for a new season. For new fruits.